I want to get straight to my assignment this morning, and uh, it's a it's a real big assignment because I've been asked by the Lord, compelled by Him, to tell you something. And this is what it is: you were created for this time. You were created for this time, this very time. You were created for this time, not necessarily just this time, but this time. You were created for this time, not when Columbus discovered America in 1492, not when the Reformation was going on in 1517 with Martin Luther, not in 1776 when America was born, or in 1865 when the Civil War was ended, or in 1906 when there was a little movement at Azusa Street in Los Angeles happened. All of those occasions are really important, but this occasion is really important because you're in it. And you're not in it by accident. You're not in it by coincidence. You're in it because you were designed and formed for this time. You were made for this moment. And and when we get that, when we allow the Holy Spirit to really help us to settle into that reality, we're going to do great things for God. But if we think that we're here by accident and we're just a number and we're just a person in the crowd and nobody really knows us and we don't really matter at all, then we're going to miss all that God has for us. But I want to really straighten all that up in all of our thinking. And if you're struggling with your value this morning, if, if in fact you have great value and you feel like you're important, uh, I want to confirm that. But all along the way, I want you to receive this reality that you were created for this time. This time. When I was in fifth grade, I was taught the value of life. I really do not remember how it happened, but I was recruited and given the student task of a very important assignment. There was a boy by the name of Joey, and Joey had cerebral palsy. It was a really tough case of cerebral palsy. He couldn't walk. He couldn't feed himself. Uh, he was scooted around in a, a walker that where he basically drug his legs, always had to have help. If he wasn't in that walker, he was in a wheelchair. And either I, I was scooting him along uh, in the walker or I, I helped him along by pushing the, the wheelchair to lunch every day. Uh, and I was given the assignment of feeding him. I really don't remember how it happened, but I do remember the occasion. It wasn't that long. It was probably uh, maybe two or three months. Uh, I would scoop up the food in a spoon, I would have him open his mouth, and I would feed him, I would wipe his mouth with the bib around his neck, and I would open up those furiously difficult little milk cartons, it would take forever to open up, remember those, you just wanted to take a knife and go, ah, ah, ah. I didn't have a knife, but uh, I did open up the milk carton every day at lunch for him, and I would tip it to his mouth, and I I'll never forget what that experience meant to me. I didn't know the value of it at the time. But now 47 years old and looking back on those grade school years, I'll have to tell you, wow, that's pretty special. 
And I also never forget the grief that swept over me the day that I learned that Joey contracted an illness and he didn't come back to school. Matter of fact, uh, that illness took his life. My little brain just couldn't figure it all out. I was trying to wrestle with this assignment that I'd been given and then all of a sudden I didn't have the assignment anymore and the reason I didn't have the assignment is because of the boy that I helped and the value of that boy brought value to me. That's a lesson, man. That is a lesson. Listen, before God was important to you, you were important to God. Before you ever thought about God, before you ever knew there was a God, before you ever cared to know there was a God, you were heavily important to him. I've been reading through the Bible chronologically this year, and and in my reading I came to this tremendously disobedient and sinful time in the life of Israel and Judah. And in the midst of this time, God was serving painful judgment on them. I'm telling you, uh, you reading through some of those times, it's not fun reading. It's not fun reading at all. And God was raising up a man of internal fortitude to forecast this judgment, a tremendously difficult assignment. I want you to consider with me the fact that if you were given an assignment and that that assignment was always bad news, the only reason you were raised up was to forecast some tremendous judgment coming to you because of your sinful disobedience. That wouldn't be a very good assignment, would it? How many knows that if God were going to call you or me to that, he was going to really have to do some heavy-duty confirmation for that? I mean, like, send a freight train with a message written across it. Or a, a plane flying in the sky, draping a, a message. Or, you know, you're going to really have to get some heavy-duty confirmations. And Jeremiah, man, he was not wanting to do what God had called him to do. Matter of fact... He had pled his inadequacy to God. But God created a man for that time. God had raised up somebody. God had given this man a personality. He had given him a particular giftings mix. He had given him a way of looking at the world. And he used all of that and he formed him for this moment. And humanly speaking... Nobody wanted to do it. But see, the words of God that he used to speak to Jeremiah got my attention, grabbed my attention, and I felt God putting a message in my heart for you this morning. I want to draw your attention to it in Jeremiah, the prophetic book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, and it's just in several verses here, and I'm going to get right to it. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse for the word, or the Lord gave me this message. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. The Lord gave me this message, Jeremiah said. And this was the message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, Don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. 
Then the Lord stretched out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must, you must build up and plant. This is what God was saying to Jeremiah. Are you ready for this? Jeremiah, you're important to me. I know there's a lot of stuff about Jeremiah's life. I know there's a lot of details and a lot of particular parts of his life where you just say, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I don't want to be connected to that story at all. But you and I are connected to this part of the story. And here's the part. Jeremiah, you're important to me. You're important. This is what the Spirit of God was saying to me to tell you this morning. You're important to God. You're so important to God. You have so much about you that just draws God's attention. Every morning when you wake up, when you go to bed at night, you're lying in your bed and you're sleeping. God is saying, man, I just love that guy. I love her. She's important to me. He's important to me. Now this is far more than a scene and a story. This is the truth of God's word. We are so important to God that he evidenced it by sending his son to die for us. I'm going to tell you something. Sending his son to die for you was not an afterthought or was not plan B. He decided to send his son for you before he ever sent his son. He had already had an affection for you before you were worthy of affection. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says these words. That you are God's masterpiece. That's what it says. We're God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we could do the good things. Listen to this that he planned a long time ago for us to do. Before you were born, this is what he's telling Jeremiah, this is what he's telling us. Before you were born, before you ever thought of, before you were formed in your mother's womb, before you came to be, I already had big things planned for your life. Big things. Wanted to use you. Wanted you to bring me glory. Wanted you to be positioned in a particular way in this world for a particular time. Now listen, wait just a minute. You could have been born way over there in 1700s. Sure you could have. You could have been born in Asia and Africa and South America. You could have been born in a tribe and among some very impoverished people. You... I've asked the Lord many times, you could have been born into the Rockefeller family. Lord, why couldn't I have done that? You see, you love me. What happened? <laughs> no, no accident. No accident. And do you know this is what I know about the Lord? Even when it appeared to be an accident, he can turn plan B into plan A. And Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, all things work together for good. Come on, everybody, say all things. He didn't say all things were good, but he says all things work together for my good. 
to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So, yes, 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 yes. We don't serve a no God, we serve a yes God. You are a yes in his plan. You're important to God. You're important to God. And before God was important to you, you were important to him. So I want you to lift your hand with me. Come on, everybody. Say, I'm important to God. Say, I'm important to God. I'm important to God. Turn to somebody and say, I'm important to God. (laughs) You've been wanting to tell them you're important for a long time. Yeah, and so are they. They're important to God. You might be thinking, I'm just a number. But you're named. You're not a number. And it's not necessarily important what your name is, though your name may have a tremendous meaning to it. The fact is that you're named and not just number four. Would you please stand up? Hey, we're glad we have 87 here today. Man, don't forget to pray for... 32, 32 has really been dealing with a very difficult time in their numbered life. No, 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 no. We're named. It's very, very interesting that the words that begin this incredible book of Jeremiah start with, these are the words of Jeremiah, not number 48. But these are the words of Jeremiah. And you may never have known about Jeremiah had not God written it in the book. But whether you knew Jeremiah or not, long before this book was ever written and long before the canonization of Scripture ever came to us, guess what? God knew Jeremiah. You might be thinking today that you were just a person in a crowd, a less than valuable member of humanity. But let me tell you, that there is no such thing as an unimportant human being. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 that not a single sparrow falls to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Some of you, he doesn't have to count very high. So don't be afraid. This is what Jesus said. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Put it together, man. You're important to God. And if he knows of every sparrow on the face of this globe, and you've got to know there are a lot of them, every little bitty, itsy-bitsy, insignificant, perceived, insignificant bird that falls to the ground, how much more are you valuable? Valuable to God. Before God was important to you. You were important to God. Back in the year 2000, I heard one of the most remarkable talks on the human body I've ever heard in my life. It was a teaching by Dr. Richard Dobbins. He's a leading psychologist and psychiatrist. And he said these words, When your mothers were born in their little bodies, there was the potential of 300,000 human beings, no two of whom would share the same genetic heritage from their forebearers. That means, he says... From your mother's side, the chances that you would be born, you, are one in 300,000. From your father's, he continues, there was the potential of millions of human beings, no two of whom would share the same genetic heritage from their forebearers. So he said, if you want to know what a miracle you are, 
you would have to multiply one in several million times one in 300,000. And he says, if you can calculate those mathematical odds, then you will know just how unique you are as a human being. And then he continued and concluded with a lot of other things that he said. He said, that uniqueness belongs to each of us. And I can't help but think those were the words that he was trying to get across to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, you don't want to do what I want you to do. You don't think that you're called to do it or that you have the capabilities of doing it. But I'm just going to tell you that before you were this flittering thing in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I formed you. And I separated you. And I appointed you. And that's why David could shout, Psalm 139, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. What is actually David saying? Fearfully made. God, you made me. I didn't make myself. I wasn't just this outcome of this mistake in your world. No, you planned me. Oh, you say, yeah, but you don't know how it all happened with me. He'll take plan B, turn it into plan A. He planned me. If you're here, if you're breathing, you were planned by God. He's got his hand on your life. So I'm fearfully made. When he was doing all that stuff in my mother's womb, whoo, man, that was God doing that. That was God doing that. And then he says, I'm wonderfully made. So what he's saying is, God, you made me, but God, you made me well. Check it out, people. I didn't put on this coat by accident. I put on this coat to accentuate my handsomeness. (laughs) Moving back on to the truth of God's word this morning. There is absolutely nothing in the words of Jeremiah that any nationality or social category of people is meant to misunderstand. You, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what your background is, make no mistake about it, you're important to God. You are valuable to Him. And He has a big purpose for your life. That's really what God was speaking to Jeremiah, those three things, importance, value, purpose. One theologian calls Jeremiah the most human prophet. And I can understand because I can, I can identify with the times that the Lord has spoken to me or the Lord has spoken to me through somebody else or the Lord has spoken to me through his word. And I, I, every time I hear those tremendous words, and I've even got some prophetic words of people that have written me, and I put it in my Bible so that I could remember, and I read those things, and I think about those things, and I look back on my journal, and I say, Oh, no! You got the wrong guy! I'm number 82, you meant 81! Or 83, not 82. And the Lord says, no, 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 no. You're important to me. You have value and I have a purpose for your life. And so when I read these words of Jeremiah, and I know that these scholars say that he's the most human prophet, I can say, truly, I can appreciate where he was. 
And later in the story, Jeremiah, God speaks through him to the exiles in Babylon. And you'll be familiar with this verse if you've been around for any length of time. Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Why would Jeremiah feel at liberty to say that? Because he said, because I wrestled with those plans. I argued with the Lord. But he came pushing me back in, pushing me back in, pushing me back in. And I just really feel like that the Lord is genuinely and gingerly, tenderly pushing you, guiding you back into the value of who you are, the importance of who you are, and the purpose that he has on your life. Because the enemy, if the enemy can blind you, he can bind you. But we're not talking about the devil today. We're talking about one that we don't underestimate, and that's the goodness of God. And the goodness of God is on your life. It's on your life. And before God used this prophet to comfort that group of people with the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, to prosper you, not to harm you, give you hope in a future, he received those words, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. So if God's called you to something, it's not because you worked for it or because you were a self-made man or woman because there's no such a thing as a self-made person. It's because God formed you for it before you were born. And we can be like Jeremiah and we can plead inadequacy all day long, but we were formed for this, formed for what he's called us to do. So you say, well, I'm not really good at speaking. And then you're called upon to speak. And, and the Lord says, you better let me take care of this. Or I'm not, I'm, I'm not called to teach. Well, you just better get good at it. Because the Lord has put you there. Just fan that thing. Just fan that thing. Just breathe life into it. Just say, I come into agreement with it. God doesn't even wait to use us or call us when it's obvious to others. No, God formed us. He knew us before we were born. And by the way, do you know that we're all meant to feel inadequate next to the great mission of God? This is a mission of God, the creator of the universe. And he's asking you to be a part, and you're saying, well, well that's the way you're supposed to feel. Newsflash. You can't do what God's called you to do without God. And so he's just looking for people to be glorified through. Like, you didn't think he could do it, but hey, 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 hey. She was the outcast, but look what I've done in her. Because in our weakness, he is made strong. Come on, somebody. This is God's doing. And it's marvelous. It's marvelous. It's marvelous. That's what Paul said. That's what my weakness he's made strong. Nothing about you. Your gifts, your approach to living, your personality is coincidental. So don't allow your perceived limitation to limit God's tremendous work through your life. Don't say, I am too young. Don't say, I am too this. Don't say, I'm too that. Because God's going to come along and say, and what else? Throw it at me, man. Just give me whatever you think you're, 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 you're bad at. Or every reason you think that I couldn't do anything through your life. And I'm going to tell you, 
But wait till I do it through you. Wait till I do it through you. God said to Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Importance. God said to Jeremiah, before you were born, I'd set you apart. Value. And I appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Purpose. So God is saying something to you this morning. And he's been saying something to you. And he's going to continue to say something to you. And he's going to be something like this. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Importance. You're important. He's going to say something like this. I'm setting you apart. I'm, I'm, I'm separating you for what I want you to do in my world. Value. He's going to say something like that to you. That's value. Well, he's not going to say that to anybody. Oh, yes, he will. Isn't it amazing that he can use every single person in this room times a million and still have plenty for everybody else to do? And so don't think that somebody else is going to do it or somebody else is going to be called and you won't have to and you'll get out of it. Let me tell you, you're on the hook this morning. You're on the hook this morning because you're important. You have value separated you. And he has put a purpose on your life. And it may not be to the nations. It may be to the neighborhood for heaven's sake. It may be to the desk next to you for heaven's sake. It may be just the fact that he just wants you to put a smile on your face every morning. And make people wonder what in the world you've been up to. (laughs) Whatever it is. Lean into the goodness of God. Lean into what He wants to do in your life because you're important. You have value and there is a purpose on your life. So don't underestimate what God is doing. Don't underestimate what God is doing. Let me say, what what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about. I need a young man and a young woman. Quickly, come on, somebody. Young man and young woman. I need you to help me here. Come on. Oh, yeah, come on, Ethan. Uh Uh-huh. And tell me your name, sweetheart. Oh, come on, you can help. Give me another man. Come on, come on, sweetheart. We got you. You take the end of that rope. No, 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 I'm sorry, that's the wrong one. You take the end of that rope, and she can help you, okay? What's your name, sweetheart? Bree. Bree, so nice to meet you. What's your name? Allie. Allie, pleasure to meet you. And Ethan, I know you, man. Love you, buddy. And who is this young man right over here? Come on, man. You are handpicked this morning. What, what is your name? Michael. Michael. I love you, Michael. You're a cool dude. I want to hang out with you. Okay. So grab the end of that, Michael and Ethan and Bree and Allie. Allie. Walk that way. I'm going to come back to you in a minute. So when I tell you to come to me, that means bring the rope with you, okay? <laughs> now, who's going to win? Who do you think's going to win? The ladies? Okay. Guys, you have been challenged. Well, this is not tug of war, so everybody put your mind at ease. But this, Stretch it all the way out to where there's not any slack in it. Just go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. You got it? All the way out? Now, I'm going to let go of it just so you can see. Oh, well. Hold on just a second. Here. Let go of it just a second. I'm on. There we go. Okay. I don't want anything hindering this. This, my friends, is the genealogy of God's plan. You and I entered a story that had already begun. God was already working. God was already at work. 
God has this tremendous plan. Started all the way down here in Genesis. Hi, Genesis. And you hold on to Genesis. Because without Genesis, we don't have the rest of the story. But that story started even before Genesis. But we'll let Genesis be the starting point. And all the way through, God was working. Everybody say, God's been working. God's been working through prophet after prophet. One prophet would leave the scene. Another prophet would take on. One king would serve his time. Another king would be replacing him. All the way through. And through that, there was a thread of God's redemptive plan. And God has been working. And if you think God's not been working in this world, I've come to tell you this morning that before you were ever born, you were a part of a story. And that story is for His glory. Every single part of this timeline represents a preparatory time for when you came along. And when you came along, the stage would be set for a different personality. A different style, a different way of looking at things, a different idea of what should happen. And God was taking all that. He said, because I formed you. Come on, stretch it out just a little bit. Because I formed you. Here you are right here. Everybody see that red spot? That's called covered by the blood of Jesus. That's the spot we're living in. And all of this time, God's been working. Oh, i got to come right back over here. Because blood sacrifice after blood sacrifice. And God was speaking and God was tenderizing hearts. And then they would harden again. And then he would tenderize. And then judgment would come. But the mercy of God was always there. And he has been a covenant-keeping God from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And we're running in the covenant-keeping promises of God. And all along the way, God was raising up people. Now, you don't want to miss this because you're a part of this story. You are a part of this story. That before you were ever born, before you were ever thought of, God knew you. That's what he told Jeremiah. God knew you. And as he knew you, he formed you for a purpose and for the reality of this time. Everybody say this time. You are here for a reason. You didn't just show up because two people fell in love with each other. You showed up because God designed for you to be here. And you say, well, I'm just selling insurance. For heaven's sake, there's no such thing as just. That's your clever disguise. What you're really doing is serving the mission of God in the context for which you are living. And you change your perspective. You change your outlook. You change your way of looking at what you're doing. And you're saying, wait a minute, I'm important. Yeah, I am. Because God was thinking of me as a masterpiece before he ever made me one. The best work of art that he had. Listen, and before you were born, he had already prepared good things for you to do. Because really this time thing doesn't even matter to God. A day is a thousand years. A thousand years is a day. And so God is just looking at this as one big story. And you just so happen to fit in the story right Here, right here, right here. And so you're important. You're valuable. God has a purpose for your life. And you say, well, what if I don't? But what if you do? I want to talk about what if you do. If you do follow God, and if you do stay in the line of His story, the story you didn't create, the story you didn't start, but the story you entered that was already going on long before you were born, you follow the story, 
and then you find yourself all the way down here, you say yes to God. Yes to God. And when you say yes to God, then all of the rest of it begins to make sense. What he was doing over here and what he's going to do right here. And then you say, whatever you want to do in my life right here, let me serve my generation well. Because there's a reason I wasn't born in the 1700s or the 18. I know this sounds elementary, but just stay with me. Or the 1800s or the 19. I'm over here in the 21st century for a reason. And it just so happens that I believe that God is wanting to do something so good here, just like he's been doing all along the way, except in this generation and in this part of the story, we get to literally see the redemptive work of God in the hearts of people because we're living in the age of redemption. Now, I don't know about you, but it would have been pretty interesting to live in another era. But to live right here, it's awesome. I mean, just to see somebody, chains fall off, set free by the blood of Jesus Christ, walking in the purpose of God and making a difference because you were willing to make a difference. Oh, I know you don't see it all the time, but trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. And I've got to finish up here, but this is what I want you to say. Ladies, you're doing such a good job. Just, just, just hold on to it. You guys are amazing. Aren't they beautiful? Look. Look here. Look here. Look here. You see this time in history? How much time do we have left? Compared. Now, I, I don't really know. I was just guessing. But this is what I understand about biblical prophecy and uh, the understanding of God's Word and what has been written from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Ladies, go ahead and just, yeah, just do like that. How awesome it is to live right here at the proverbial end of the story and to see that who knows, but God might be ramping it up. I mean, he's been working, 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 same God yesterday, today, and forever. That's what God said. That's what he said in Hebrews chapter 13. I am the same God yesterday, today, and forever. But all of a sudden, Jesus was revealed, and the blood of Jesus made the difference, and the sacrifice was once and for all, and we're living in that age, and that's it. That's it. And we get to be a part of it. So this is my story. This is my song. Praise in my Savior all the day long. You guys have value. You are important. God has a purpose for your life. Don't ever say, don't ever say you're too young. Don't ever say you're too young. Don't ever say, I'll do it later. God wants to take who you are right now and make a difference in this season of your life. And listen to me. I ought to know because I'm a product of another story that's a part of the big story. 
it was a preacher, neighborhood preacher, that rattled on the front door of this little boy's house. He was nine years old. And he did everything that every little boy likes to do, be outside with his buddies and play ball. And the neighborhood pastor saw this little boy playing every day, even on Sundays and other church days. And he walked up to that screen door one day, and he said, I notice you've had a boy out here playing that must be your son. And my grandfather, who was a hardcore atheist, hated God, hated even the mention of God, said, that's my boy. By the way, that's my dad, Daryl Pilcher at nine years of age. And that preacher picked him up every Sunday in his big old boat, have him sit in the front seat and love on him, tell him how important he is. My dad got saved at nine years of age. He was called into the ministry and filled with the Holy Spirit. And the whole story was changed for my family's tree. I can't wait to meet Pastor Chambers and say thanks for picking up that nine-year-old boy. But I'm sure my grandparents, because my grandpa did finally get saved at 69 for the first time in one of my dad's revival meetings. And I'm sure he's already met Chambers and said thank you for leading our family to Christ. But this is where the story gets really crazy. I can't imagine who it was that led Pastor Chambers to Christ. Because whoever that was owes a big applause to. Man, we got to get to these people. Or who was it that led that person to Christ? Or, or the person before them? And you see, it's in His story for His glory. Because really, our names matter, but it's His name that's to be glorified. Our story matters, but it's his story that needs to be told. Our little fragment in history is really important, but it's what he's been doing from generations after generations after generations and what he's still going to do and what he's still going to do. And after you serve your generation, guess what the faithful father is going to do? He's going to say, thank you. Well done, good and faithful servant. By the way, I've been raising up somebody else. I've been speaking to somebody else. And somebody else is getting the message of how important, how valuable, and the purpose I have on their life. Yes, 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 yes. Isn't this fun? Can you imagine how much fun God is having 